Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Welcome back to another episode of You Love to See It, um, more chill edition. I'm going to put that in the title, chill edition. You love to see it. Uh, of course, it's me, Eric, and Caleb today. How are you guys doing? Well, it's 64 degrees here, so. Is that, not is that really. good? Actually, it's 54. Oh, Actually, okay. I have to quickly say good morning because this is the first time. <laughs> Been able to say good morning. That's okay. Well, you, you have seven seconds. You have six seconds till you I can't say good morning. Episode once, like after. Oh, that might have been after brunch. That might have been like early afternoon. Well, yeah, anyway, I don't think we've now, ever. Good afternoon. Yeah, there you go. It just changed. Um, technically for me, it's been afternoon for an hour, but basically my morning, anyways. Actually, not recently. I've been working, getting up at five a.m. for work. Not five. Fun. Yeah, but I've been doing the opening shift at the coffee shop I work at. So, oh shit, it's been you know I know right, but honestly, it's kind of nice because I come back home like 10, 11 o'clock. I can fit a few movies in there sometimes if I need to watch some film. And you know, today's gonna be a busy film day. After this, I'm discussing uh, the five the Defl- uh, I can't pronounce it the five <laughs> bloods. Um, I almost said like the fly. Um, but today's movie um, is is nobody. Not Mr. Nobody, um, but nobody. Have, have any of you seen Mr. Nobody? Uh, which one is that? Who's in it? That's the one with, um, you know what? I can't, it's so funny that I didn't, I literally mentioned the movie and then I, I can't tell you anything about it other than the fact that it is existential as hell. Um, I have not seen it. It has Jared Leto. In the it's lead. Jared Leto. That's who it is. I'm so dumb. He has cannot tell it's Jared nobody. Leto. <laughs> All I'm going to say is it is one of those like existential, like mind melting movies, but like, I'm, I don't think it's that good. I'll be honest. I watched it oh, when it's I was a so little, long. I was a little intoxicated while I watched it. And yeah, I don't know what Caleb is shocked about right now, but um. He's shocked it, about his hate for Sarah Pauly. It, it, oh. The second build is Sarah Pauly, who directed one of my least favorite movies of all time. What movie is that? Stories We Tell. Stories We Tell. Yeah, well, if I remember correctly, I don't think the... I watched, like, most of the movie, and it wasn't that good. Um, but I don't remember, honestly, and I don't know if I want to go back. But we're not discussing that movie today. Uh, we're discussing uh, Nobody which I can tell you right now is a much better movie, even though I didn't finish Mr. Nobody. Um, It's got Eric's boy in it. Um, Which, wait, who's my boy? What do you mean, who's your boy? Bob 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 Odenkirk. Bob is my boy. (laughs) That's what I'm... Star of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, you know? Little Women. You know, in this... Was he in Little... You know, I still haven't seen Little Women. I'll be honest. Yeah, Little Women... When I when I saw fortunate enough to see that in theaters, hard to say these days. But uh, every time he appeared on screen, the whole literally in theater would just laugh. <laughs> it was just started laughing. Wait, for what reason? Anything for, cause, just because it was Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> you know, he's really tied <laughs> to Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> he's really tied to those roles now. The rest of his life, um, I definitely couldn't stop. I love that one of the top letterbox reviews is like, um, it's like Skyler, I am the danger. And it's like crossed off Walter White and it says Bob Odenkirk. And I'm like, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, Little yeah, so- are the only times my dad has like talked in the, like in the movies instead of falling asleep because Bob Odenkirk appeared on screen. He goes, he literally shouted like, Saul. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. You know, I feel like that's both a good thing for actors and also something that's so hard to erase. You know, think about like um who's the guy who plays Jim in the office? You know how he started doing yes, John Krasinski. You know how he started doing like action movies and like real movies now? Like 
it's so hard for me to like separate him from Jim from the office or, you know, there's many other examples. The sevens and knives out. Yeah. 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 That's, I, that means that's the one thing it's like Chris Evans will forever be connected to Marvel and it's both a great thing, but it's also like, it's one of those things, you know, I think we talked about this on one of the last podcasts and I think Caleb and I kind of agreed with it. I think, I don't remember what movie it was, but we were talking about it and I was, there was this famous actor in the movie and I was like, you know, it kind of took me out that it was this guy. And uh, what movie was it? I feel like that was a um, movie we watched for our marathon, but I honestly don't remember. I, we watched too many movies. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Billy Bob. Was it Billy Bob Thornton? No, no. Cause I didn't know. I, it might've not been one of those. It could have been, I, you know what? I'll figure it out after the podcast, but let, let's start talking about nobody. Um, I know it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me. Caleb, look through your diary. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb, if you find it, you let me know. So I'll introduce nobody. Uh, nobody is a 2021 film. Uh, directed by Eric. Would you like to take a stab at the name of the director? Oh, God. Is it? Ilya Nyshuller? Nyshuller? All I know is that he is the director. The only other thing I've seen of his is he directed Hardcore Henry, which was this first person. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it or heard of it. It was like this first person action movie. Very, I guess, experimental, very weird. Um, but in this film, we have Bob Odenkirk, who plays Hutch Mansell, this kind of suburban, emasculated father who is basically go, looks like he's going through a midlife crisis when these burglars break into his house and he just can't defend his family. He, he has the opportunity to hit one across the head with a golf club, but he chooses to let his son, you know, get punched in the face and he kind of lets him go. And you know, what I what started as a movie that I thought was going to talk about and look at the, you know, emasculation of middle aged men in, in suburban America ended up being the the the, the new uh, re-envisioned John Wick uh, sequel, not really sequel. But um, yeah, it turns out that uh, this nobody uh, turns out to be somebody Um that we discovered nobody <laughs> <laughs> whose name his I guess his code name or his alias is nobody um we're gonna talk I have a feeling we're gonna end up comparing this movie a lot to John Wick I mean aptly so considering the writer Derek um is it Colstud um is the writer for all three John Wick movies um you know you guys, you guys want me to ask you a dumb question yeah, because I was trying to do some research, and this is this is my newbiness. I don't know what the word is. My I almost said virginity. That has nothing to do with this in film. My newness to it. What? Who is in charge of choreography? Is that even a thing in film, or is that just like a stage thing? Because whenever I tried looking at who was in charge of this, like I know there's stunts, but like I didn't know who's in charge in a film of like the actual like choreography. Is that usually fall to the director? Or is it? Do you guys have an answer for that? I don't know if that's a dumb question. It's just, I tried looking for this movie and John Wick because I was wondering if they were connected, if they had the same choreographer. Am I, is that? Yeah, yes. Choreography is a thing. Uh, oh, okay, I'm glad I know I didn't I'll make that word up. <laughs> uh, yeah, directors will always have the final say, but they'll work, of course, closely with their cinematographer. Okay. And oftentimes, yes, uh, an outside choreographer will be hired specifically for uh, these types of moves. Uh, I, it, sure. may not, it may not show up in the credits. I think it's more rare for a choreographer to be in the credits uh, outside of uh, movies that have dance numbers. I think that's where you... Or like Crouching Tiger or like mm -hmm. something like that. Okay. Good to know. I honestly just was not sure. If it was kind of, you know, more... the, the director. Okay. Decide. Well, I was the reason I was thinking it is because I was trying to wonder how much this movie was connected to John Wick outside of just its writer, which is very much written like the John Wick movie in some way. Um, and I, you know, I think we'll end up talking about that. But the one thing I want to say, just kind of to kickstart this, to me, is is this movie's fun. 
I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, like, I know that sounds dumb, but like, I, re- like I, I really, the, I think a lot of the action pieces was very like unique, almost. It gave me John Wick vibes. Like some of the more, you know how in John Wick, there's some of the more creative kills, you know, the way he actually, you know, the, there's the famous pen kill, you know, where he kills someone with a pen. This one had, you know, the sequence towards the end with the grenade being crushed. It had the, the very last um, murder or kill, whatever, was with the, with the uh, claymore on the front of that glass panel. And even more so, just like even the beginning action sequence on the bus, like there's a, it's just like, it, it's like, I don't know, it's fun. It's not like, I, I think sometimes action heavy movies can can really take me out because I'm like, oh, you know, here we go. I'm watching fight scenes. But I think, I don't know, I, did you guys feel what I'm feeling? I just felt like it was it was kind of fun and more so, this is kind of goes another way, but I, I thought it was kind of equal in some regards. In John Wick, I feel like, you know, he's very like superhuman in some ways. And you can make the argument that in this one, uh, he is as well, but I felt like the bus scene in particular, you know, he was getting his ass kicked too. And I felt like that was, I don't know, it was fun. I, I, I thought it was, it was more creative than a conventional, like, I don't know. I mean, it's a very common trope, I guess this, you know, action, a man who was ex-military gets back into the game or whatever, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of that comes down to like the sound design and also just the choreography just like I feel like this movie really like as you're watching the fight scenes like it really feels like they're hitting each other like and I I think what you said about like like him getting his ass beat feels like real to me like I I rarely feel like he's when like someone leaves the fight in like a normal action movie say like a Marvel movie or something like that, that they actually get hurt. But watching that fight, it feels like he is getting hurt. Obviously he heals pretty much immediately the moment he walks out, but but like in the like in the moment, it's it's pretty fun. Um, I think that bus fight is, is easily my favorite one just yeah, because of how, how compact it is. And it's because it's it's the first one. <laughs> yeah, the straw, the straw is- That was, that was great. That was great. Um, yeah, the straws like gruesome. Do you see the connection to John Wick there? And like, do you feel like the actions, the action, the fight scenes are similar? You know, yeah. I, I think John Wick's very different, and we're gonna talk about this in Ness and like where John Wick succeeds is the fact that it builds this whole world. You know, it, it there's this atmosphere to it. There's this. It, it doesn't feel like you're on Earth. It feels like you're on some. It, it feels like there's this entire stage. Um, that maybe this movie doesn't have, but I still thought the action sequences were were just, <laughs> you know, there were times where I was like, oh my God, or like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's always a good thing. Yeah, I think the, for me, the more apt comparison is um, like a history of violence. It's I've like a Cronenberg movie from the mid 2000s where like Viggo Mortensen plays a, like a man who lives with his family, like has a normal job in suburbia. And then suddenly like, um his like he used to be part of the mob like I think it was like the Russian mob or something and suddenly him and his former like mob are like back after him again and it's putting his new family who like doesn't know about his past in danger again and it's got like that same like visceral Cronenberg like fight scene choreography and I I feel like that's the movie I I kept coming back to here I I do agree that John Wick is more of a, a world and like what's interesting about John Wick is like I, I honestly can't really tell those movies apart sometimes, but I do enjoy them. But like at a certain point in John Wick movie, all these different parties all just start going after him. And it, you, yeah. like, the idea is more like, wow, like this is huge. Like, and like all these different parties are, are like after him. And he's like, John Wick is video game like, like, is it that new one where like, he has to go up the like floors of a building and every yeah. single floor has like different like mini bosses he has to fight. Like yeah, it's definitely yeah. like slightly different from, from this which i feel like is more i guess more small scale and more um the word i use is hoping people like hoping people will step in on maybe like a like the end like the end of skyfall i just discussed yeah. a little <laughs> what do you think caleb uh yeah i guess the story-wise there are differences but i i think it's 
it's clear to me that uh, the action scenes are imitating John Wick. Uh, even you know, e- even when maybe uh, our Mister Nobody is uh, you know a little pulled back compared to Wick. You know, more content to let people like you know walk into his traps as opposed to running into the fire. Uh, the actual execution, I think, is it, it's pretty clear that that this is the type of movie it wants to be. It wants to be this very slick, quick, I- exciting uh, action movie that is not subject to a billion cuts a second uh, that really wants to put you inside the scene. And I guess it's successful in that, but not to the extent that John Wick is successful. Again, all story elements aside, I think just the raw uh, choreography and cinematography of, of the at least the first two Wick movies, the ones I've seen, I think those did uh, a better job still than nobody. Yeah, John Wick definitely has like a like a cyberpunk almost. I, I, oh, it's not sure. an actual cyberpunk, but like faux cyberpunk aesthetic that I think is interesting. Yeah, I think it definitely does um, have that. But it's probably also different, but obviously that's like not entirely. Also, I have to say, I remembered it's it's Justin Timberlake and Inside Lewin Davis. Yes. Oh, anyway, mm. that's what it was. Um, yeah, you know, obviously we're it's not going to, you know, I'm going to keep mentioning John Wick and, you know, maybe it's a little unfair to to tether it towards it, but, you know, when you have the same writer and I think there's parallels, you know, I think in some ways, you know, the man who's out of the game, getting pulled back into the game who, you know, although I think it's much different. What I, what I, what I, what I liked about this was I thought it was like, you know, John Wick, it's like um, very clear that, you know, because of the dog, uh, spoiler alert, um, he gets pulled back in for revenge. Where this one, I think it's pretty apparent at the beginning and even towards the end that he's enjoying, you know, nobody is enjoying being back in this game in, in some respects. You know, at the beginning, you know, very emasculated, you know, <laughs> kind of middle-aged crisis, not feeling very manly, you know, and then all of a sudden, you realize there's much more to him. And, he, and I, I think he starts to enjoy it. I, mean, I feel like he really does. The one scene that I kept coming back to, or just keep thinking about, is the one which, first of all, I have to give a shout out to. Um, I, love, I love the soundtrack in this movie because it's just got such like funny songs in it. Like um, I just loved having uh, Pat Benatar's um, Heartbreaker during that car chase scene. And then um, the Nina Simone at the end. But um, that that car scene, you know, he's he's waiting and his fingers are crossed. And I don't think it's because I don't think it's because he's hoping that he doesn't come after him. I think he he I think he's he's ready. You know, he has that tape in the car. I think he's he he, he gets a thrill from all of this, which I feel like is a lot different than something like John Wick. Like, I feel like this is a lot less or a lot more morally gray, you know and more like i don't know yeah i i i definitely agree with that. i think the central conflict here is just um how how much does he like like it's just the conflict between his desire to be this badass man versus like his sort of like all-american suburban desire to like live live his own life and be with his his family um and like i think the scene you talked about is pretty telling but the counterpoint is also um like that scene with um where he is like in his basement um and he's talking about that man he freed and how jealous jealous he was that he like was living his own life with with his family. Um, obviously, at the end of the movie, they're they're to- they're not totally like that's not totally like the case because they're still prepping for some badass basement burnage or whatever in their new house. But um, 
I think I think what you're saying is definitely true. It's a it's a like a it's a uh, it's like a hang up for him that doesn't exist in in John Wick, I guess. So touch on that ending for a second. I found that I think if you think about that ending for any length of time, it becomes very sad uh, in a way that I don't think is intentional, that he's just going to have to. He, he really cannot escape his past, no matter how badly he wants to. And like, that's what you're left with at the end. And it's pretty sad in a way that I think they, they try to play as a joke. But if you think about it, it it's it's much heavier than that. I don't know, just just something that that I left with. But um, I, don't know, I guess it's a good spot to to launch into some critique, um, especially with the beginning of the movie. I, it, the movie definitely grew on me as it as it went on. But I think the first act, I I was not impressed because here we have this guy who is being tugged on from two sides the love for his family and the love of demolishing people uh <laughs> that's a good way to put it and uh in the in the scene that kind of sets the whole movie in motion uh you know his house is has been broken into and he tries to let these robbers go on their way but then his son jumps in gets involved uh and is clearly in in a lot of trouble eventually gets punched in the face before the robbers go on their way but i don't know to because he's he's so strongly guided by love for his family and love for brutality I just can't understand this scene when the robbers have uh, have him have his son, you know, in a chokehold, like you know, on the ground, and the, another robber has a gun that he only realizes later didn't have any bullets. Right? It's it would be so easy for them to to kill his son, and he is just standing there i understand he doesn't want to release this inner peace right or release the the inner demons that have been masked by this newfound peace uh but when his son's life is at stake i I just i i i still don't understand why he's just sits back and and watches everything happen when it would be so easy for them to to kill his son and then on the flip side of that, after this, you have like several people come up to him and be like, I can't believe you didn't do anything, but they weren't there to watch it. So I, I also struggle to believe that all these people would, would call him out for not, you know, attacking people who uh, who have a gun on him and, and his child and not, you know, not l- leaping on to them when they or when the robbers could just uh, just as easily kill him and his son for all the outsiders. Now, of course, we know that this guy has, you know, the skills to take them down, but everyone thinks that he's just like a normal middle-aged dude. And everyone's like, wow, I can't, you're just like, I would never let this happen to my family. And like, yeah. so I think both sides of, of what happened are just kind of ridiculous, which is, Unfortunate because this is the the event that sets everything in, into motion. Uh, as it as it goes along, these details kind of fade away and become less relevant. But it's still something that you don't forget. And uh, that, along with the the mini montages of going through the week, which <laughs> has been done to oblivion at this point. Like it, it, the, though that trope is so common now that it's it's just another form of telling. It's not showing you anything. It's just telling you that this guy uh, lives a life with mundanity. All that come together to make a really yikesy first act. That fortunately, you know, things improve from there. Like you said, the the bus scene is great because it it is a two way fight. It's not just him somehow demolishing five guys without you know 
taken a pinky to the head uh and uh, and of course that 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 darn straw the darn straw let me let me play devil's advocate for for a second i love i love a little a little uh conflict um i'm gonna agree with you on the uh the montage bit it's you know it's one of those things like the first 10 times you see it in a film you're like that's pretty cool oh uh, yeah really cool and then you know it doesn't add to me it doesn't add much more than a cliche but it doesn't also take away much for me i mean i'm pretty much i agree with you there it's it definitely i think the one thing about you know films is this when when things are done to an overly extent they start having a negative effect and you know you're you're much more um wise uh in your in your age and uh how many films you've watched so I can understand it, it, it's I literally the funny thing is I did the exact same montage for one of my uh, video art projects this semester. So that's how you know it doesn't take a bright mind to really think of it. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty easy thing. Anyways, let's um, I'll move on to the, to the actual devil's advocate points. So I I I like to beginning the beginning um i guess to me you know of course i was very much questioning in the beginning the why the, the guy could have killed his son why the hell is he not doing anything um to me that was pretty tightly bowed up later on when he was like look i knew this wasn't gonna like he's like look i you know there was no ammo in the gun like he kind of goes to that that the, the rewind in his mind explaining to his friend um, or his brother, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of confused about that relationship still. Um, but he's like, there were no bullets in the gun. I could tell that they were, you know, scared. I could tell that they were desperate, you know, just these things, which I think even before, you know, to me, the first theory I had was, okay, this man, cause I, you know, going in, I had no idea what this was about. I had no idea he had this, you know, CIA upbringing or whatever. I guess I was like, oh, well, this guy is just like, really like, you know, emasculated he's very doesn't like violence doesn't like anything and now seeing the whole movie in retrospect i kind of like the fact that he's really trying to go overboard with this no violence you know even in the most dire situation which we learned that he realized wasn't the most dire because i have no doubt if if, if he felt that there was a real threat that it would have been different but i don't i think based on his reasoning later it kind of took away any worry I had about that first section. And then the, the, the second thing I'll say real quick, just so then I, we can, you know, keep talking about this and it's not just my voice um, is yeah. It's a little overboard with how many people are like, you did what, you know, the police officer being like, I would have protected my family. And, you know, I think it's like intentionally a little bit like, so, you know, overdone, at least that's where I will tell myself in terms of the eventual outcome. It's like, you know, you know, this is like this, you know, he's really trying to suppress this violence, suppress this, you know, part of him. And then all these people are kind of tugging him back into, you know, like, oh shit, I was, I did something wrong. Like I, I am a, you know, I'm a, I'm an emasculated man, which kind of leads him to his, you know, now I need to be a man. And, you know, the, the little kitty cat bracelet is what sets him off, you know, when really, that wasn't that big of a deal. So I don't know. I didn't have as big of a problem with it, I think. Um, I think I was more okay with the initial fight. I think, I think for me, the, the big thing comes down to someone with his training clearly should know how to like de-escalate a situation. Like even if there's not like immediate danger, like there, he's someone that's like him, like knows exactly how to do like non-lethal, like, <laughs> like non-lethal, um, like protection of his family like that's just that's just a given i think the, the main thing is the second part where everyone's like telling him that he like oh like telling him that they would have done something different like i agree with caleb that they they don't know the situation but it's also like it it, it brings it into like almost the satire thing for me like it's like either either it's satire or it's just the the, the writing just like blaring you like blaring like billboards telling you look at him like he's emasculated without actually like yeah. showing any of it i guess 
I think I, I will also push back a little on, on what Caleb said on the ending, just in the sense that it's not that he can't escape from his past. It's more the sense that it, in this case, I got the sense that it was that he just wasn't really sure if he wanted to escape. Like if he had just let those people go, nothing would have happened. He could have just gone on with life on his own. Like the reason he got pulled back in was because he actively sought it. Like he actively went and like intimidated those tattoo guys to find this person to like tear him down. It's not that they were going for him in the first place at all. Like they only went for him after he like started going for people like on the bus and things like- Yeah, because even the robbery- Like I, I do get the sense that he has these preparations in his basement, but if he had just let those people go and like, like sure, like I guess taken all this character, whatever work outside, like that he could have just kept on with his life as usual. Like maybe like slightly like guilty or something. Yeah, and I and I think for me it was the you know you know we're kind of jumping around a lot now, but I thought you know it definitely the what gave me more of the vibe too at the end. I think I got more of what Eric was saying that for me it was more like oh, just in case, but also like I you know kind of want to have it like you know which I I, I understand the more sad you know the depressing also it's setting up the school like <laughs> no that's the one thing I'm gonna say like I no if if there's this is a film, how many times do I have to say this to Hollywood? This is a film that does not need a sequel. This is not John Wick. John Wick, because of its immense world building, that's a whole nother situation, no sequel. But yes, I see what you're saying, Eric. That could be a possibility um, and very real aspect because it's Hollywood, hooray. Um, but I, I think what gave, gave me more of the vibe of he's you know wanting to get, he really kind of wants this, he's missing it. It was that, you know, like Eric said, he went and tracked down those people. But then even that, like he left that situation. And then it wasn't even that situation that like caused him to get an end everything. It was then being on the bus and then choosing to fight those people when he didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? So like it definitely gave me the vibe that he really wants to. Um, but I don't know. I think by the time he gets to that new house, like our story is resolved. And then he gets a phone call that makes it clear that it's not resolved. And uh, I, I, to me, it seemed like he would have been content to just actually leave it all behind this time because he yeah. saw what an enormous mess was caused by getting back into the scene. So then it seemed like everything was you know, tied up nicely. And then there's the phone call. Mm. Oh. I'm going to have to go back to this. I, I, I cannot escape from this. Even if I, even if I want to, like this phone right here shows you that uh, there is no escape. Like maybe as like punishment for, or not punishment, but like, since he, you know, the phone calls at the end in the police station, you know, assuming it's like the government or something kind of getting him out of that, you know, whoever, whatever this government background is that he talks to and the, the, you know, the barber and all this stuff. It very much tries to be a little bit like John Wick with the like, oh, there's more behind the curtains than you than you realize, which, you know, I wasn't, you know, a huge fan of that. Do you do you agree? Do you think Eric could be on something? You know, I think he, I, I don't think I can because it's Hollywood. I can't say he's completely wrong. Uh, yeah, it could, definitely a clear sequel. Yeah, there. definitely. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think I. Like as we're as we were sort of talking about critiques, I think my main critique of this movie is that it's just um I, I just got really fatigued by it by the end. I was not really a fan of the soundtrack by the like 15th needle drop. <laughs> like the entire the entire last third of the movie is just like a wash of nothing to me. Uh especially after the first two um the, like the first two fight sequences pretty much set up everything that happens in the third one and I don't think there's anything really new about it like the first fight scene gives you your like really intense like visceral I'm on the bus I'm getting beat up I'm beating up people there's like the straw fight scene and the second one in the house like he is using he is like setting up traps he's using various tools in fun ways to kill people and that's pretty much the theme and variations we get in the third fight, which also I don't think is just like shot as nicely. Like Caleb mentioned how this is like not a, like not um, an action movie that's trying to like cut everywhere. It's trying to show you the actual choreography. And that last, that last fight scene really just was not, just was not as, just like flat, flat out was not as good. 
was like full of like needle drops that just got really annoying, frankly. I it really it really fatigued me by the end. I, I don't know. I was like fully on board at like the hour mark. Yeah, I you know, I think I'll agree that like any movie of this nature, I don't know if I've seen many that can keep its steam the entire way. Um, I think I was still I was still pretty invested. It's pretty hard for me personally to lose um, the steam in a movie, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think that's an issue a lot with these types of films. Um, and I, I do agree that the last fight sequence was definitely the it was the worst. I don't you know I didn't think it was you know like terrible, but I, it was definitely not as crisp as the other ones. Um, you know, it was just kind of the the culmination. You know, the final showdown. You know, everyone's together. The father was hey, shout out. I gotta I gotta give a shout out to uh, Christopher Lloyd, dude. I don't know where he's been the last. Um, apparently, my dad said he made a, an appearance in the Big Bang Theory a few years ago because my dad religiously watches the Big Bang Theory. Um, but uh, you know, you still you know loved him. Back to the Future was my it was my shit growing up. Um, shout out to Christopher Lloyd. How old is that man? He's got to be in his nineties, right? He's gotta be. He's gotta. Yeah, he's he's getting up there in age. That that scene, by the way, might be my favorite scene in the whole film, where he's those two guys come in. He opens his the one eye, pulls out the shotgun, then holds that one over. Just just, and it's so funny seeing seeing him doing it. You know this 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 old you know very thin Christopher Lloyd. Um, But yeah, I, I agree. I think the last. Honestly, Eric, I think it's like, I think the last big action together is cliche and it's very much the, you know, the trope, right? You have to have the final showdown, you know, you have to have the, you have to have the, you know, everyone coming together to, to, to finally, you know, fight the, the main bad guy. And yeah. I honestly wish that there was more of a, like, like you can have all the people rushing in and getting destroyed by the bombs and tripwires and whatnot. I, I just wish there was more of a, I wish there was more of like a, like what we didn't get in this movie is like a, almost like a one-on-one type fight aspect. I, I wish there was something more of that at the end. I feel like, um, what's his face? The villain just sort of comes out at the end, out of the blue. And then after <laughs> five, 10 seconds, he's like, he's dead. Like there's no, there's not really a climax. It's all, just like sort of a while. I, I don't think it's a bad fight scene like on its own. It's just, especially after everything that happened before, like at this, like it, I, I just didn't, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I think this movie has a lot of the cliches in some ways. Um, even the villain is not into me anything special, you know? I mean, it's a very much, <laughs> I mean, how stereotypical can you get Russian mob leader holding all the money you know the, the introduction scene we see him killing someone to show his confidence and swagger like you know you can't get much more cliche than that right like a bond villain almost like you know so and he really he really wasn't a good villain either he kept getting beat every way he never really like won a single fight or a single thing what i liked though was i kind of liked the that the movie this might be kind of controversial, but I like that it kind of embraced some of those cliches. I, I like that. I don't think it tried to be much more than what it was. Um, I don't think it did as good of a job as like what John Wick does, where like John Wick, it's very clear what the movie is. And it never, I, in my opinion, tries to be more than this, what you described as almost video game world. Um, that's to me why John Wick works ex- insanely well. This movie, for the most part, follows that. I think maybe the beginning a little bit, maybe going with what Caleb was talking about, maybe tries to make it a little bit more. Um, I don't know. What do you got, What do you think about that? Do you, do you is that? Did you think about that at all? Do you feel like maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. For the most part, it definitely is trying to subvert the traditional action movie and be more John Wick-esque, but yeah, I definitely think that final action scene, as opposed to something like the bus, which is much more rugged and, and intimate. Uh, yeah. The, the, the final one is more just, 
is more just that classic Hollywood action scene that is less personal. That's just about getting these everyone into the same spot and watching big explosions and you know faceless people dying uh and you know getting some glimpse of the teamwork but not really not really feeling everything as viscerally it's more spectacle uh which i think again like eric said it's not you know a bad action scene but i think from what this movie has brought us so far i think is a relative disappointment i think really in that last action scene the like the needle drops really wore me out i i was so done with them like so done so let me ask you know what what do you like what would you you know we've mentioned some criticism so far and i'm kind of curious just you know going with that train of thought you know like what what do you what would you have wished for like if you could change one thing about this film you know i think that's that's a big task to ask but you know, just for giggles, if you could change one thing about the film, what do you think it would be? I think that's what I said, like, a bit before, just, like, that last fight scene, adding some something at the end, like, well, like I, I would have loved to see, like, a one-on-one, like, as Caleb said, like, rugged, like, raw, like, fight scene between those two, those two people. Um, I, I do agree with you. I, I like how, like, I get, I, I feel like pulpy isn't necessarily the right word, because I, I feel like, the action here is going for some sort of realism that doesn't strike me as that, but I guess in some ways it, it, it does feel like that's what, like in terms of like the, the comedy, it does feel like what it's going for, but yeah, yeah, I think that would have just made it, fe- made that, made the entire like final 20 or 30 minutes feel more substantial. Caleb, one thing you would change if you had to choose, I know it's a hard question. Yeah. It is hard because I don't think there's one thing that's going to make all the pieces fall into place. Um, Oh, something you were talking about, Zach, I think definitely could have made the villain more interesting and more capable. Um, Yeah, I I think that... who is this guy fighting who is nobody fighting why do we care it's just it's all in a reaction to nobody's situation you never feel like there's anything really strong uh on Yulian's end which kind of just you know tips the scales in a way that makes everything less interesting like his whole entire motivation is is monetary and there's nothing there's nothing really to hold on to there for an audience member. So uh, I think strengthening the villain would uh, not fix everything, but definitely improve the movie. Could be more compelling. Yeah. And I I think, you know, one thing that could help too is also, I mean, this could be work in hand in hand or not, but um, the, you know, more of a reason why, like I understand, you know, how does he get sucked into this, the bus fight? Okay. You know, trying to be a, you know, a good citizen to make sure this girl doesn't get attacked. And then, you know, the whole reason he's fighting this villain is because the villain comes after him for retribution. You know, it's not the strongest, like, you know, connection or, or motivation where again, I'm going to sound like a broken record talking about John wick (laughs) as, as silly as it is in John wick, there, there's still something more there, right? There's something, especially in, in the first film, you know, it's just something as simple as his dog being killed. That was a gift from his, um, the person he was with before. And that causes him to, you know, kind of want to go to the top, you know, in, in some regard. There's, there's still much more of a, of, a, of a feeling of like, there's like, there's a, almost like a, I don't know, like a reason behind everything, even if it's the weirdest one. You know, in this one, it doesn't seem like there, there's that. And maybe that has to also do with like, you know, why does this villain even care? You know, what is his motivations? You know, it just seems like what you said, all he cared about was the, the protecting the money. And I don't know, you know, it, it just would have been cool to see something a little bit different in some ways. And, you know, maybe if like, you know, I kind of like the, the, 
you know, the, the, the sequence when he was there watching him perform at the show, uh, nobody was, and the little interaction there was kind of nice. Um, but it made me realize that there's not much to this. There's no, there's literally no depth to, to, to the villain. So, you know, I think that kind of sucks a little energy out of it. Yeah. I think to build on what you're saying, John Wick, it is really nice to have just that clear reason that you can just base everything on and just move forward and really just get into the stuff that you're there to watch. Uh, Plus, of course, a dog is going to give you some emotional value. But here, here the reason not being so explicit in a movie where the plot otherwise is pretty simple, where they ask you to believe that, all right, there's not just one thing, but, you know, it's just this feeling that's been building in nobody for years. That's the reason, even though we never really get into that, even though the writing is never nuanced enough to really explore that. I think that's where you get that this disconnect uh, that makes the whole arc less compelling. And I think it would be better if there was just a reason and go and let's watch everything play out. Now, of course, you can make an action movie that is more about all the things that uh, you know have been building towards this eruption. But that's not what this is. So then you're getting, you know, two different ideas that that are just inherently different, trying to come together. And then that tension just really, pull, I wouldn't say it pulls you out, but I think it prevents you from getting all the way in. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that also comes back. To, like, I feel like this movie is trying to, like, do two things and that it's trying to give you the... <laughs> relatable dad fantasy where like relatable dad trying to protect his family he's just a normal guy versus the fact that they need to show that this guy is the auditor for the cia and he is like unbeatable and i I think trying to do those two things like they i don't think they do a really good job of balancing the two i i do think they end up especially with the villain like their conception of the villain is entirely made in a way to showcase the fact that like, even though that he is very rugged, like, that he is this badass and he is, like, pretty much unbeatable. Like, I I, I don't think, at least in this first movie, where, like, that's really what they're trying to show, I, I think, like, how how cool he is. Like, I, I really don't think they could have had a really deep villain that really gave him much of a chance without, like, without sacrificing at least some of, some of what they were going for in that department. Yeah, I guess my last thing I'll say about this um, before we wrap up is I, I, I agree with you. You know, the reason can be he wants to get back in the game and misses it, but like it doesn't do a good job, like Eric said, of kind of finding a balance between the, the, uh, those two things. And I think for me, I the reason I really liked some of the beginning, even though watching, even though then towards the end, I realized that the beginning didn't give us, like, Caleb, you mentioned kind of you wish there was, you know, we had like, if we like, if we were understood that he did miss this and why he missed it and everything, but the beginning is more like here, let's just show you this middle-aged man who's dem- uh, emasculated, which is a you know could be a unique way, unique way to go, but then to suddenly switch and be like, well, he's a CIX CIA, you know, I, you know, this is at this point you're really tearing apart the 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 fabric of the movie and you know picking one half or the other, but I think. You know, it'd be interesting too. the, you know, to me, it was like, you know, what if, you know, this was a, a man who, you know, what if, like, what if this wasn't a man who was ex-military, but a dad who was emasculated and got roped into, you know, this violence, obviously that would completely change the action sequences and everything. Um, but I, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that it probably doesn't stitch together very well. Um, and that's probably my main say my main critique but yeah um you know this was our only movie of the week i I do have to say it was a fun film i enjoyed watching um it was you know it was nice and uh it was good to see uh um his uh bob odenkirk and um yeah it was pretty fun it was pretty fun you guys anything else you you want to say about nobody any lingering thoughts i i i love him like i am in love with him 
that's, but uh but not as good as a, <laughs> this isn't as good as better call saw or uh breaking bad <laughs> not quite not quite yeah i mean you know i i i still enjoyed it it was a it was one of those movies there's sometimes when i go into a movie theater especially like i do have to say like recently i've been watching a lot of movies that are very um what's the what's the word, way to put this very um I, I, this is going to make me sound like a douche if I say intellectual, but I've been watching a lot of heavy movies, a lot of movies that like take a lot of thought. So it was kind of nice to watch this movie and like feel like I was watching like a popcorn flick. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, does, that, does that make sense in some ways? Sometimes it's more about the experience than about, you know, necessarily, you know, what it leaves, leaves, you know, leaves you with. So I have to say in that regard, I, I had a good time. I had, I had a good time sitting on my couch watching uh, watching this movie. And uh, yeah, I, I mentioned before the podcast that I, I'm not giving a rate. We're not giving ratings this week unless Eric or Caleb feel inclined to. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if my you're interested, check my letterboxd. <laughs> I was going to say if you are interested in knowing my rating in particular, uh, because I still haven't decided. Um, although I did write a tiny little review, uh, not really. You can find me on Letterbox at uh, um, something. <laughs> I forgot my Letterbox. I won't lie. Um, I think it's at. I think it's at Zach Aid. Um, but uh, that's where you're gonna have to go to find my final my final opinion. Caleb, Eric. I am at e underscore zoo. <laughs> at cb. I- at CB, at CB. Well, guys, this was a this was a fun movie to discuss with you. Um, Oscars are this weekend. We'll see if we were right or not right about some of our predictions. Um, too bad I'm not with you. We could do like a scorecard. You know, winner gets uh, you know to make the other two do something. But uh, we'll see. We'll see who was correct. Um, let's go, Nomadland. Hoping for best picture. Um, but uh, yeah. It's, it's been a fun episode, um, and we will see you all next time.